0: And welcome, friends, to Generations. This is Kevin Swanson. And one of the goals of our ministry is to provide a kingdom vision, a vision of what God is doing in history, what he has done throughout the last number of thousands of years in which the gospel of Jesus Christ has reached every continent and it's worked its way into the nooks and crannies of this world's surface area, and we're so thankful for the missionary work. We present a curriculum that's not so much Ameri-centric as it is world-centric and Christ-centric. We want to know what Jesus has done and how much progress he's made around the world, and that's one reason why we so appreciate biographies. And here is the definitive biography in many ways of David Livingston, just basically hot off the press. I was so thankful to get a copy of this and use it uh, in our next edition of Taking the World for Jesus, our ninth grade uh, high school history curriculum. So we're so thankful for Vance Christie and the work that he's done with this. It's just rich with original source material, very well organized, lots and lots of journals and letters, just extensive. We've got uh, something like, I'm going to say, 750 pages of material on the life of David Livingston. It's called David Livingston, Missionary Explorer, Abolitionist, and uh, we're thankful for uh, Vance Christie being with us today. He has been a pastor for 36 years, authored nine books, seen a number of books on Christian biography from Vance Christie, and he joins me now on Generations. Welcome, Vance. It's good to have you here with us today.
1: Well, thank you, Kevin. It's a great privilege to be with you and to share out the life of this great man of faith.
0: Yes, yes, very much so. And, uh, you know, I just didn't, I think, understand David Livingstone very well. What did you appreciate about David Livingstone that attracted you to this extensive project? This has got to be the most extensive project you've done in terms of writing. this is this is a compendium
1: absolutely. It is the most extensive. I grew up in a Christian home and so had heard of David Livingston as a missionary to Africa, and I had read a thin little paperback about him, I think, during my college years. And Christian-focused publications that I've had the opportunity to write several books for and have them published, they asked me if I might have interest in writing a biography about Livingston, as I had on several other individuals, and I was very interested. Mm-hmm. Um, I had no idea that this book would develop into such an extensive work. I thought that it would run about the same length as other books that I had written, which amounted to um, between two and 300 book pages. Mm-hmm. But um, my goodness, this one just developed as we went along, and mm. yet I felt to tell the entire story of Livingston, it was important to include everything that is in the book. There's plenty about Livingston's life and from his letters and journals that is not in this book, Mm -hmm. but even though it is such a a large book, um, it does endeavor to tell the entire story of Livingston as thoroughly and accurately as we could, including Mm -hmm. the, the really important information to include in the book
0: yes uh vance just one more quick question i think people perceive him as explorer you know explorer perhaps abolitionist but missionary he was not so much a church planter but you would still call him a missionary
1: um absolutely he himself Throughout his life, while he did serve in other capacities, as we'll be discussing here, yes. he himself always viewed himself, first and foremost, as a missionary okay. um, with the desire to open the road, pioneer the trail, so that Christianity could be brought in behind him. That was always his primary objective in life.
0: Mm-hmm. So who was David Livingston? Just give me a general overview of uh, this highly significant missionary who opened the door to Africa.
1: Livingston lived from 1813 to 1873, so he lived for 60 years here on earth. He became one of the most prominent, honored, and consequential individuals living in the 1800s. He became eminent in his own day, and has remained so in the in the opinion of history down to the present time, hmm. as a missionary, as you mentioned, he's probably even better known as an explorer and also a slavery abolitionist in Africa. He's not as well known today as he was in the 1800s and 1900s, and yet he is still highly admired and appreciated by countless people, really, in various parts of the world, including a number of countries in Southern Africa where he ministered and served. Hmm.
0: How did he become a Christian? Uh, give me a little bit of a sense of his early years.
1: David's parents, Neil and Agnes, were committed Christians. They belonged to the Church of Scotland, hmm. um, lived in Blantyre, Scotland, and They were careful to teach their children the way of salvation through faith in Christ. And at age 12, David became very concerned about the condition of his heart because he knew that there was sin in his life. Hmm. He, He felt unworthy to receive God's free offer of salvation that his parents had taught him about because of the the sin in his life he felt Mm -hmm. unworthy to receive that gift and he thought that he needed to wait for the holy spirit of god to change his heart and to clean up his life before he could receive that gift so When nothing happened for a period of a few years, he basically lost interest in spiritual things. And um, it wasn't until age 19 that he came across a pair of books that were written by Thomas Dick, who was a Scottish nonconformist minister. What I mean by that, um, Dick was not a member or a pastor with the Church of Scotland, But through reading two books that Thomas Dick wrote, David Livingston came to understand that it was his duty and his privilege immediately to um, place his trust in Christ as his Savior. And so it was at that time, age 19, that he committed his life to Christ in that way. He was careful to add in later years when he wrote about his personal conversion that he was drawn to salvation through sovereign mercy and grace. He realized that he didn't just decide on his own to come to faith, that it was through God's mercy and grace in his life that he became a believer in Christ.
0: Hmm. I noticed he ran into Carl Gutzloff, who is one of the most important missionaries that we covered in the development of the Christian faith in uh, China, as well as Korea, as well as Japan. Believe it or not, Carl Gutzloff was the first to translate the Gospel of John into Japanese. Carl Gutzloff, one of the absolutely most critical missionaries opening the doors into Asia, I'm talking the Far East. Uh, This would have been the 1830s. Apparently, he had some influence upon Livingston as well.
1: Yes, I'm. Uh, um, I'm impressed with your awareness of him, and quite frankly, you apparently know more about Gutzloff than I do. So I'm going to have to do some catching up here. <laughs> well, all you need to do Marcus is get a. Berry.
0: All you need to do is get a copy of my next copy of How the World Are uh, Taking the World for Jesus. <laughs> That's coming out in a few months. Uh-huh. We'll get you a copy of that too. But yeah, spent some Wonderful. time working on that. Yeah, yeah. Y-
1: yes, yeah, so I'll look forward to learning more. Yes, Gutzloff, as you know, was an early pioneer missionary along the seaboard of China. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. There, he preached the gospel, distributed Christian literature, used some medical knowledge that he had to treat opium addiction and right. some eye diseases mm-hmm, and other mm-hmm. ailments. And he also reported in a book of his that Livingston read that there were very few Christians and almost no missionaries in China. And Mm -hmm. he encouraged his readers in the West to consider coming to serve in China. And after reading his account, Livingston concluded it would be appropriate for himself to dedicate his life to serve as a medical missionary in China. Now, a few years after he made that discussion, decision about seven or so years later, God actually redirected his Livingston's steps to Africa because at the time the Opium War was going on oh, between okay. Britain right, and right. Um, China. Mm-hmm. British people couldn't come into China, so rather than wait indefinitely on that war, the Lord um, redirected Livingston's steps to go to Africa instead, and that was where he had his um, very storied career.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, What were Livingston's accomplishments as a missionary there in Africa?
1: Livingston served for as a missionary doctor with the London Missionary Society for 16 years, from the time he was 28 to the time he was 44. Hmm. And it's significant that in the 18 years before Livingston arrived in Africa, the northernmost mission station of the London Missionary Society was in a Settlement called Kuruman, which was located 500 miles north of the southern coast of Africa. Mm. Is, that, is that
0: Botswana? Would that be around Botswana today's um, Botswana? Uh,
1: today, it would be the northwestern portion of the country of South Africa. Okay. Um, not quite okay. up to Botswana. Okay. Okay. But actually, speaking of Botswana. During Livingston's first eight missionary years, he carried out several missionary journeys, and he planted a succession of three new mission stations located up to 300 miles north of Kuramon. So Mm. in just his first eight years as a missionary— He expanded the reach of of, um, the church and the London Missionary Society by 300 miles. Mm -hmm. And then during his second eight missionary years, he went way beyond that. He carried out a series of extensive journeys that took him some 1,200 miles north of Kuromon. So now he is up to 1,700 miles up into the interior And that was in the region of um, modern Botswana. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. during those years, he was credited with a number of geographical discoveries and and accomplishments that we may mention a few of those here momentarily. Mm -hmm. Um, Geographical exploration and discovery always appealed to Livingston, but they were never his primary objectives, He was Hmm. always motivated chiefly by his desire to bring the message of Christianity to formerly unreached people groups. Hmm. And he repeatedly stressed that as his primary desire in his correspondence to family and friends and the London Missionary Society back home.
0: Hmm. Let's talk about his journeys into the heart of Africa as an explorer. And he still, even as an explorer, didn't completely abandon his responsibility to be teaching the Word. He was discipling some of these young men along the way, wasn't
1: he? Yes, he made it his regular practice whenever he was, whatever explorations he was carrying out, to quite regularly have teaching sessions with the group of men that he was leading. Mm -hmm. And also when he would come to African villages and and towns in the capacity as a missionary, he would hold large public worship services there that would be attended sometimes by six or seven hundred people. So, he certainly had a missionary component, even as he carried out his explorations. But some of those explorations that he carried out, even during his second eight years as a missionary, he was the first white man to cross the Kalah- Kalahari Desert, hmm. um, which was north and west of Kuraman. The Kalahari had always seemed like an impenetrable barrier to Europeans, the Westerners, and even to most black Africans in reaching the deeper into the interior of Africa. Mm-hmm. He discovered a large lake called Ngami that was located about 900 miles north of Kuraman. He discovered and explored the upper half of the Zambezi River. He was the first European to carry out a transcontinental journey from the west coast to the east coast of Africa. Now, I think his most significant discovery was that he learned as he advanced past the Kalahari Desert, past Lake Ngami, that the region north of those in the interior of Africa was full of large rivers and tribes. Always before he discovered that, Westerners, like in Britain and America, everyone... um, in the West, thought that the whole south-central interior of Africa was just an immense, uninhabited desert, like the Sahara Desert in northern Africa. But Livingston discovered that, that there were all these large rivers, large tribes, and he made known to the Western world the people groups and customs that lived in the inland portion of Africa, he talked about the geography and geology, the animal and plant life, the climate and natural resources, and it was really that knowledge that he communicated as an explorer that gained for him great renown mm-hmm. on the part of mm-hmm. many people in um in britain
0: hmm. let's talk a little bit about his work as an abolitionist uh, now i think people need to understand that that david livingston's work in africa was occurring in the 1840s 1850s and i think into the 1860s so he's he's right in the middle of the the worldwide discussion and conflicts that are going on in relation to slavery this is before the american civil war and so that's why he's a critical component in this, right I mean he he did some good things. He went to the source where the Muslim slave traders are you know dragging hundreds of thousands of black Africans to the coasts, and they're being shipped off to parts unknown so so he's involved right there at the at the source of it all
1: yes, in Britain itself, getting back to the time of around Livingston's birth or even a little before there was a great emphasis to bring an end to the slave trade right in all of britain's dominions mm-hmm. throughout the world
0: Th- thanks to but, william wilberforce um, and some of those evangelicals they were very strong with that
1: yes absolutely but that had not reached to africa mm. um in the time of of livingston's ministry and um for 20 plus years livingston witnessed the portuguese slave trade and the arab slave trade mm-hmm. in south central and southeastern africa okay and as he is witnessing this he provided kind of a macro and a micro view of slavery to his acquaintances back in Britain. He did this through his correspondence, through his public speeches, and he wrote a couple best-selling books back then. And he he told the big picture of scores of thousands of slaves being sold from the coast of East Africa and sent into slavery from there. He also shared the the many instances that he himself saw of slaves being left to die along the road because they were were they had become too weak to carry a load any longer hmm. he he shared some of the brutal deaths that he witnessed taking place as part of the slave trade he talked about coming to villages or walking for miles along trails that he was traveling along, where where, um, the village or the trail was just scattered with skeletons oh, of boy. people who had died mm-hmm. as a result of the slave trade. So he provided Britain with the big view and the individualized view of the abuses of the slave trade, mm-hmm. and as a result, Britain's conscience and determination was slowly stirred to put a stop to what was going on in Africa. Britain had done, had done a wonderful job of bringing an end to slavery in various parts of its empire at that time. And in fact, on the west coast of Africa, Britain was all, had already put a stop to um the shipping of slaves there but the country was brought to the point britain was brought to the point that it desired to put an end to the slave trade over on the eastern side of africa Mm -hmm. as well
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and
1: it was credited to livingston and his writings as being the primary factor in having a part in helping to stir the conscience of britain hmm. and um the the populace of britain finally just informed its government um that you must respond to this and you must help put a stop to it
0: vince this is a true man of god and something of a role model and i think we do look for role models so you know how are we going to live our lives uh, what are we going to in fact, we had a men's Bible study this morning, and we went over, you know, how are we going to minister to the least of these, the brothers of Jesus? How are we going to spend our lives? It seems to me, looking towards somebody like David Livingston, we can learn something from his life and example. What are the key points to take away?
1: Well, three come to my mind. One was David Livingston, his own personal practice, and this was how he encouraged his children as they thought about their service of the Lord and also how he encouraged some of his fellow missionaries, um, his encouragement was always to gain a very clear idea of how the Lord was leading in an individual's life and then carefully carry that out despite the inevitable hardships and even some criticisms that People will experience as they endeavor to serve the Lord faithfully. So that's one key lesson. Okay. And then, secondly, his example shows us in an incredible way a determination to carry out the service that he believed God would have him to, despite just an in the stream of difficulties and dangers mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that he faced. Yes, right. And the list just the list just goes on and on and on mm. of um the various difficulties that he that he did face and had to overcome in his many years of service in Africa. Mm-hmm. And then um a third lesson I would say from his life, we wonder, well, how did he have the What were the keys to his having the strength to carry on through those difficulties? And if I can just, if I may just quickly list some of those, Livingston had an extremely strong sense of doing his duty to God and man. Um, Whatever the necessary sacrifices, he felt like he had to do his duty. He also had a prevailing optimistic rather than pessimistic outlook on life Mm -hmm. and i think a bit of optimism does help us yes 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 to face Mm -hmm. to face um the difficulties Mm -hmm. of life Mm -hmm. he had an unshakable trust in god's guidance god's good providence in his life god's protective presence There were numerous occasions where he stated his confidence that God would allow even deeply disappointing and concerning circumstances to, as he said, to turn out right at last. And there he was really reflecting a Romans 8, 28 outlook that God causes all things to work together for good for those Who are loved and called according to His purpose, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then one other very substantial key was that Livingston had unbounded confidence that God's kingdom work was advancing and would ultimately triumph throughout the world. Amen. He -hmm. thought. He thought that, in fact, he now and again would. Write about the fact that he might not live to see God's kingdom work accomplish what God intended it to, but he had every confidence that in the end, Mm -hmm. um, that would indeed triumph. And so, that gave him tremendous strength Mm -hmm. to push through the difficulties and discouragements that he faced.
0: Hmm. Just for a moment, I was contrasting Ernest Shackleton and David Livingston. And I thought to myself, Ernest Shackleton and the endurance adventure involved what one, two months, David Livingston, 20 to 30 years of nonstop difficulties making his way yes. across Africa. So, you know, we, we, get something from both men, but, uh, Certainly, David Livingston uh, exemplified an unstoppable courage and an endurance and a faith in God along the way. One last question for you, Vance, and we're speaking to thousands of Christian families that do, you know, use our Christian-based history, and they they buy the biographies, the Christian biographies. Why are the biographies important? Uh, give these folks a sense, you know, how does one read a, an 800-page biography and, you know, just really get on board and appreciate every line and just get excited for what is happening in these, the lives of these great Christians who've gone before us. Uh, give us a sense for how someone reads a biography.
1: With regard to the great length of the Livingston biography, it is broken down into 60 or 61 chapters. Mm-hmm. So if a person takes just a chapter a day, you know, eight or ten pages a day, Within a couple months, they will work through his life. If that's a bit more challenging, then just take a smaller bite. but by continuing to read um, most days, a person can work through the work of a of a great man or woman of faith, even if it's a long biography. Mm-hmm. Now I would have to say that most Christian biographies, even really worthwhile ones very substantive that have a lot to share it would probably be more in the in the range of 250 to 300 pages or there are good youth biographies as well that run about 150 pages mm-hmm. so most biographies do not have such a <laughs> overwhelming length to them but the the reason biography is so vitally important is it just shows God's powerful work, God's powerful work in Mm -hmm. the lives of these faithful men and women of servants of Christ, and it shows how when God is working and his people are responding, that he accomplishes sometimes rather mundane things through them, but oftentimes he accomplishes some pretty amazing work. Yes. in their lives. Yes, yes. It will involve difficulties, discouragements along the way, but with his help, people can continue to faithfully serve him, and we end up giving God the glory mm-hmm. for the great work that he did in these individuals' lives.
0: I truly believe this biography and so many other biographies are just riveting. And, uh, we it's the it's the real story of what God is doing through these men and women of God and wow something for us to exemplify to identify with we we follow along a great cloud of witnesses and david livingston is just one of them and so yeah i think the hebrews 11 principle applies to christian biographies written after AD 33, and so you know this encourages us to take up the baton and continue running the race and fighting the good fight In our generation as well. So lots of inspiration, friends, from these biographies. Today, my guests have been Vance Christie, the author of the book, David Livingston, missionary, explorer, abolitionist, highly recommended. Vance, thank you so much for joining us today on Generations.
1: It's been a great privilege, and thank you, Kevin, for the opportunity, and may people be encouraged. May the Lord be honored through the discussion that we've had. Amen.
0: And you have been listening to the Generations Radio Broadcast. If you'd like to interact with the radio program, email me directly at hostofkevinswanson.com. This is Kevin Swanson inviting you back again next time as we continue to lay down a vision for the next generation.